going to be in the book of James again this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn them to the book of James, chapter number one. Uh, did anybody get wet coming into church this morning? Get a little, get some sprinkling on you. Um, Lacey, it was kind of funny this week. I'll tell you this before we get into the sermon. Uh, we had that that nice snow, and you know how people in Tennessee are. When we get you know this much snow, it's like the state shuts down. But we got this much snow, and so the woods they're from Missouri, and they just carried on with business as usual. But it was like snow apocalypse out there for some people. And I told Lacey, and and she said the snow's going to melt for Sunday, so we can have church. And I said, well, that's awesome. She said, but we got flash flood warnings. I thought, my goodness, we went from tornadoes to blizzards, and now we're having flash flood warnings. So actually, Saturday at the work day, I think we're going to build an ark while we're at it. How does that sound with everybody? So uh, just, just pray that this all just straightens out, and we can get back to, to, to life as, as we used to know it at least. James chapter number 1, verse number 19, we're going to read a few verses. So if you found your place, I ask that you would stand to honor the reading of God's Word. James chapter 1, verse number 19. If you're there, say amen. James says this, he says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls." But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and Lord, we come to you again, knowing that we can always come into the throne room with all of our needs. And God, as we go into the time of preaching, we pray for your blessing, your anointing. And Lord, just pray that you would have your way in this place this morning. And God, I just thank you for everyone that's here. Lord, let them open their hearts to receive the Word. And God, I pray for those that may be watching on the Internet. God, I just pray that you would be with them wherever they are, whatever needs they may have, that you would meet them. And Lord, that that this will be a blessing and that your Word would be a blessing and a help right now. Lord, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Remember last week we talked about the practicality of the book of James and how that he didn't really give a whole lot of greeting. He just dove right in and began to talk about trials and how that when we go through trials that we should be joyous. And then we we skip down just a little bit. I'm going to probably preach through the entire book of James, so it would probably take me about six months to do that, uh, and it would only take three months if I did it 90-minute sermons. How about that? So we'll, we'll, we'll not do that either. But, but we get into the book of James, and he says something that's very practical. I mean, this is just this is simple. This is easy to understand. He says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. 
Well, that's a piece of advice that a lot of people in the world could use, right? I mean, it's so practical that, that, you know what James is really saying? Sometimes it's good if you just shut your mouth and open your ears. If you would just quit doing this and and start doing this, right? And I know that sounds kind of crude and, and maybe a little harsh, but it's the truth. You know, a lot of the problems that we face in life and a lot of the things that we deal with would, would cease to exist if we would just be slow to speak and quick to hear. If we would just listen to people and, and listen to what they have to say. And, and then it also goes on and it takes it another step and it says also that we'd be slow to wrath. Even if somebody says something that we don't like or we don't agree with or maybe they say something bad about us and we do hear that, we take the time to listen and we hear them, we shouldn't just fly off on them. We should also be slow to wrath. Because I know personally from experience that there's been a, a lot of times that I've heard somebody say something, I've maybe I perhaps misunderstood them and, and just you know said something I shouldn't have and, and wouldn't slow to speak and then I got myself in a, in a lot of trouble. Let every man, not just some men, not just, and, and this don't just apply to men, this applies to women too, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And he goes on to say this, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. This word wrath here, we always think about uh, just when you think about the wrath of a storm or the wrath of a hurricane or, or the wrath of a tornado or whatever, but, but wrath in this context is really talking about anger, and it's talking about temper. It says, For the wrath or the anger, the temper of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And it's really hard when when you when you get in anger, when you get into that 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 temporal state when you're when you're mad about something, you know what you're doing? You're living in the flesh. And, and the Bible says that you can't live in the flesh and in the spirit at the same time. He says that the wrath of man, when you're angry and when your temper's flaring, that does not work the righteousness of God. It's hard to, to show God to the world when you're walking around angry and mad and, and all these other things. But then he goes on and he takes it another step. And this is really where the sermon comes in this morning. That's just a little preliminary information for you. He says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity. That's not a word that we use a lot. And, uh, and I looked up how to pronounce that so that Joanna wouldn't meet me at the back door saying that you mispronounced that. Superfluity of naughtiness. That means uh, excess or abundance of wickedness. But then he says, and receive with meekness or humility the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So the first thing that, that, John, or that James tells us is that we're to lay apart all filthiness. You know that's what God expects of us, right? It's for us to live a righteous life. God, God expects us to be clean and, and to be ready to serve Him. And he says in verse 22, But be you doers of the word and not hearers only, because if you only hear the word, you're deceiving yourself. The word. 
Let's talk about the word for a minute and how important that is. And in fact, he says it in verse 21 as well. And he said, receive the engrafted word. What word is he talking about? He's talking about this Bible right here. He's talking about when God speaks to you. Now, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I've heard that had the Holy Spirit speak to me, but never in an audible way. So if you want to hear what God has to say, you know what you do. You just pick up your Bible and you open it and you begin to read and you begin to pray and you begin to meditate on the Word of God. Another way to, to receive the Word of God, and I'm not just plugging myself here, but, but all is, is to, to listen, listen to someone proclaim the Word of God. That could be a preacher. That could be me standing in the pulpit. That could be Brother George in the, in the cabin teaching on Sunday morning. Uh, somebody walked by me and asked me this morning. They looked at me real funny and they said, What are you doing in the hall? You're in the sanctuary preaching. I said, No, that's Randall in the sanctuary preaching this morning. He was, he was putting the word out. And, and, and so you hear the word. And, and the, pro, the thing about it is, especially right here where we're at, I mean, we're in the Bible Belt. We're in the buckle of the Bible Belt. Middle Tennessee, I mean, that is the bu- buckle of the Bible Belt. The word of God is abundant. The word of God is available and we hear it how many of you grew up in church I grew up in church and uh, I, I mean I, I've been going to church since I, I, I mean I reckon since I was about two weeks old and and through the years I've sat under some good preaching I've sat under maybe some not so good preaching but I have heard the word of God Every Sunday that you come in, hopefully you'll hear the Word of God. If I've done my job and I've prayed and I've studied and I've listened to God, then hopefully the Word will go out and you are able to be a hearer of that Word. You're able to receive what the Bible says. You're able to take it home and read it in your private uh, devotion time. You're able to read it to your family. You're able to take in and soak in the Word of God. That's great, right? What a, what a wonderful thing we have in our hands. Hold your Bible. If you've got a Bible, hold it up. You know that I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will take, make it a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Its words will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against God. That's, that's the pledge to the Bible, right? And, and we should be so thankful. There's so many people in the world that have never heard these precious words of life. And yet we hear it pretty much every week, if not two or three times a week, if not seven, ten, maybe a dozen times a week if, if you open it and you read it. We hear the Word. We read the Word. We see it. But, do we do the Word? So here's the thing about it. He goes on to say this in the second half of that verse, in verse 22, But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only. Because if you only hear the word, you just deceive yourself. And then James makes an illustration. And I'm going to give an illustration this morning as well in just a moment. For a long time I had trouble with this next verse. But hopefully after this morning you'll be able to understand this. Verse 23, if, if you want to look down at your Bible, he says, For if any man be a hearer of the word... And not a doer. He is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. And I chewed on that and I studied on that and I prayed on that. And I said, what is a natural face? 
And so I've got somebody that's going to help me this morning. He's going to come up, and uh, he's going he's to come up. He's coming right now, just as fast as he can get here. Cecil's got a natural face. <laughs> I want you to stand right up here in the middle, in the front of the pulpit, where they can see you on camera real good. For uh, We're, we're going to make a, an example out of Cecil. Take your glasses off if you don't care. Uh, natural face. How many of you have ever been out to... And well, let's let's start like this right here. Don't Cecil look good this morning? I wish he had a tie on. I was going to take his tie off, but he don't have his tie on. When you wake up, I want to say this: you probably don't look the same as when you got to church, right? That's your natural face. <laughs> so Cecil probably woke up, and his hair probably uh, looked a bit—I don't know—disheveled, and maybe did Rhonda. Is this anything like Cecil's hair look like when he wakes up in the morning? I mean, I don't—I I wish I had some hair gel or something. I can't—I can't mess it up as much. I mean, Cecil's got good hair; it won't even mess up. Uh, so Cecil woke up, and and Cecil is a guy. Remember, we're talking about his natural face now. <laughs> I, I could bring a woman up here and give you a makeup wipe, but I won't do that to anybody, okay? I won't do that natural face. So this is Cecil's natural face. But then it also talks about, and, and just in a, in a verse or two ago, he says, wherefore lay apart all filthiness, right? Filthiness. So I've got something back here for Brother Cecil, and he's going to love me for this. You love me, right, Cecil? So far. Uh Oh man, it's gonna be nasty. Oh my goodness, I didn't that's too much water. Cecil's a working man. He gets he likes to get dirty. And he likes to uh I'll just lay this right here. Sometimes Cecil goes out and he works. This is dirt. This is mud. From right outside our parking lot over there. Good old Tennessee mud. <laughs> you love me, right, Cecil? And uh, sometimes Cecil comes in, and he's uh, he's filthy. You all right? Actually, in some places, this is good for you. <laughs> and uh, he gets it all over him. And uh, I won't wipe it in your hair or your eyebrows, okay? <laughs> he looks like he's going to work, don't he? <laughs> I'm almost done. I'll quit in just a minute. Anytime. Anytime, yeah. All right. So we're we're good there. Man, that's nasty. Is everybody with me? So everybody's got a good look at Cecil, right? Man, this is awful. <laughs> I should have practiced this is what I should have done. So now Cecil has got his natural face, how he normally looks. We'll, we'll call that even the, the, the depravity of man, who Cecil really is. Because when you come out, when you go to church, and when you go out amongst religious people and all this, you're not who you really are. You know that? I mean, if, if, some, if we seen you for who you really were when you woke up in the morning, we'd just be scared of you probably. But not only that, but, but Cecil at this point, he's filthy. He's got these things in his life that, that he doesn't need there. And so he's got this mud all over his face. And, and, and it, he don't enjoy, I can tell he's not liking this right now at all. 
But if I ask Cecil to clean himself up, you know what? He's not going to do a very good job. If I just handed him something and said, Cecil, I want you to fix your hair and, and make it look nice. I want you to get all that mud off your face, and I want you to, to be clean and be clear and be ready to go. How would you do that? How do we, how do we as, as, as people, we see our natural face. Now, it says we see is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. That's a mirror. You wake up in the morning. And you go to the mirror, and we all take, probably have our routines, we have our things that we do. But what if you just woke up one morning, you're, you're going to go to church, and you walk into the bathroom, and you look at yourself in the mirror, and you go, oh boy. And uh, you go, you fire your coffee pot up, you cook your breakfast, and you just, you just come out and, and present yourself to the world how you just woke up. That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? It'd be awful. But a thing that we don't think about, come here, Cecil, is, is very often is we don't think about this. We're going to take a long look in the mirror. Take that over. Look, get that other side. We'll take that and set it up in front of the pulpit. Don't fall down. It's bad luck. We break this thing. You can just hang out with me for a minute and you can start preaching if you want to. See, what the Word of God does and what the Word of God is to us is it's a mirror. And it's always looking past our natural face. It's looking into our soul, right? And so as we read the Word of God... We take it in, and it says that if we behold ourselves in the mirror, so if we walk by, we look at ourselves in the mirror, you can probably see yourself, and then we just walk off and we don't do anything about it. You know what that makes us? A hearer. Somebody that just, just made an observation, if you will, just in passing, sees the mirror and then walks on, and we don't do anything about it, then that makes us a hearer, and we've just deceived ourselves. Now, if I asked Cecil to clean himself up, he couldn't do it. But not only does the Word of God reflect who we really are and, and, and identifies the problem, Cecil is going to be able to look at himself in the mirror in just a moment. He's going to see himself and he's going to go, oh, that looks bad. But this, the Bible also equips you, did you know that, to do these things. See, the Bible doesn't just identify all the problems in your life. It doesn't just tell you, hey, you should really do something about that. It tells you how you should do something about it. Brother Cecil... I'm going to give you some stuff. How's that? There's your comb. Although you don't really need it, brother. I tell you, you've got that, you've got that TV anchor hair. News report. There you go. Here's your a hand towel as well. I didn't understand that illustration until I put it into this context that if we only hear the word, if we only observe, you can look, why don't you look at yourself in the mirror and where you can get it real good. We'll see what Cecil's routine of getting himself ready in the morning is. Hopefully he don't wake up looking that bad. But he's cleaning himself up. You know what he's doing? He didn't just make an observation. He didn't just walk by and say, I really need to do something about that. He's doing something about it. 
He's taking action right now. Now he's brushing his hair, and he's he's got most of the mud off of him, I think. And he's looking in the mirror real close to make sure he's clean. And he's done. And now look at that. Just as good as new, right? Don't he look good? You know why he was able to, to fix himself up, why he was able to brush his hair and get that mud off his face and get rid of all that filthiness and that wickedness and that, that natural part of him? Because he had something that showed him who he really was and what he really looked like. You, you can go be seated now. Thank you. I'm going to leave this standing here. I'm just going to preach behind it. So as we read this, and we, we, we don't want to deceive ourselves For he beholdeth himself, verse 24, and goeth his way, and straightway he forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, that is the word of God, and continues or does what it says, he's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer. That man shall be blessed in his deed. What does the Bible command that we do? Well, a lot of stuff, right? I mean, I, I couldn't, by any means, I, I couldn't put my toe in the just the water of what the Bible tells us to do. But I can boil it down to two simple, two simple things. That was three, two simple things. The first thing that you have to do that the Bible commands is found in John chapter 3. And it's really simple. We, we all probably know what this is. John 3, 7, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He says the words, you must be born again. Right? Those are simple words. Jesus, is. we know he's the ultimate teacher. He's the one that came to die for our sins, and he did that. And so he made available this thing that we have called eternity and the, the chance to go to heaven. And, I mean, all of my life, I've been hearing these words. Until I got saved, and I got saved when I was 10 years old, I would hear the preacher say, you must be born again. Get saved or you'll go to hell. And he would give these things. And you know what I was? I was a hearer. I mean, I was there. I was attending church. I was doing what I was supposed to, right? But I just heard. I read it sometimes and saw what it said and and even got under conviction and knew that I should do something about it. But time after time I would put God off and I wouldn't get and I didn't get saved. And so you know what I would do is is I would read the Bible and the preacher would preach and I would get under conviction and I would look in the mirror and I would see the problem. And I would just walk off. And I go on in the same condition that I was in. And let me tell you that, that even though I was young and, and, and all that, it was still an ugly condition because I was living in myself and I was living in sin. Some of you that got saved uh, when you were older understand that more. That the problem was identified that you knew that you needed to do something about it. You knew that you needed to get rid of the filthiness and the natural man and you needed to, to take action but yet you put it off. In fact, there's probably people here this morning in this church unsaved, and you've heard the preaching, you've heard me say it over and over, you've heard the previous pastors and other pastors say you must be born again, but yet you just don't. You know what you're doing? That's just rain, it's okay. You're deceiving yourself. You're not tricking God, you may be fooling me. But you're not fooling God. And the only person in this world that you're really deceiving is yourself. Why would you not do anything about that? Why would you not become a doer of the word? 
Why not? The other thing is simply living for God. I want to read you another verse, and this is, this one's found in Galatians. Galatians says this in Galatians 2.20. He says, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Even after we're born again, after we accept Jesus as our Savior, when we turn our life over to him and we, we do what the Bible says, we continue in the Word of God. Amen? You know, it's not like a, when you get saved, it's not a, a one-and-done thing where you just, you know, ask the Lord to forgive you and then you walk off and live how you want to. You must live according continually to what this Bible says. Would you say amen to that? I'm not preaching that you get saved over and over again, but what I'm preaching is that God expects you to live by what the Bible says. And sometimes even saved people get, get a little bit of filthiness on them. I mean, it's hard to stay clean in, in your natural world, right? I mean, when you go out, there's always, especially when you have children, there's always something getting thrown at you or you're walking by something and getting something on you and you constantly you need to, to wash your clothes or wash your face or wash up and clean up and, and get back to that right state. Sometimes, and spiritually speaking, we do the same thing. We get some things on us and, and it's uncomfortable and and sometimes we'll just continue to walk around and we'll read our Bible or we'll, the preacher will preach or the Sunday school teacher will teach. And uh, I'll tell you what was, what was cool when I was growing up is after I got saved, I wasn't perfect. That's, that's not the cool part. But the cool part was apparently somebody was telling the pastor what I was doing all the time. And he would preach on it. And my Sunday school teachers would teach on it. And I would open the Word of God and I would read. But then I suddenly found out that I wasn't the only one experiencing that. And that the Word of God will identify things in your life that you need to do. You need to work on things that could get better. And you hear them, but do you do them? Do you? I mean, that's not, that's not a question I can answer. But it, it's, it's really simple. This is a really simple message, a really simple idea. This is not a hard concept to understand. Is that if you will get into the Word, or you'll hear the Word, or you'll read the Word, you'll observe the Word, you'll know there's some things you need to do. But have you done them? Are you going to do them? In fact, what's stopping you from doing them? So many people walk by the mirror... They just read their Bible because they, they think they have to. You know, it's one of those things that's the, we have to check off a box. You know, I'm a Christian. I've got to read my Bible today. And you do, right, Sister Vivian? You need to read your Bible today. But you don't just need to read it. You need to apply it. And you need to do what it says. Or else you're just deceiving yourself. I think that's happening to a lot of people. No, no, nobody wants to admit that. Nobody wants to say, well, I'm just, I'm just you know, kind of just floating along in this life, but we do that so many times. So if you can, you can see yourself in this mirror, I want you to, to think, and I want you to dig deep down. And another thing that I found is this, in, in, in practical application, is the longer that you stand in front of a mirror and look, the more things you'll find that you need to work on, Right? Like if you just stand there for a minute and brush your hair and brush your teeth and go on, you know, I'm better than I was, 
But if you study and you look and, and you, you, you look longer, lost or saved person, you'll find more and more that can be approved. Let's pray as, as the singers come. God, I just pray that this message goes out and it, and it gets into hearts. And Lord, I would like to think that the word of God has been opened, it's been presented and preached this morning. And I have no doubt that people have heard what you have said this morning. I mean, they've directly heard the Word of God read. But Lord, it's more than hearing. It's more than reading. It's more than just an observation and, and just gaining some knowledge. It's, it's about growing closer to you. It's, and ultimately, it's about being born again. It's about being saved. And Lord, if there's anybody that's lost here today, I pray that this will be the day that they not only hear, but they do as well. We never need to disregard hearing the Word of God. We never need to push it to the side because that is so important. But God, help us to be doers as well. Lord, I pray that people would, would just look into the mirror and that they would, they would stand in front of it longer than they have and that, they would, that God would identify some things in them. And that they would make those things right. And that the Bible would equip them to take care of these things. That the Bible have equipped us for salvation. It says, for all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if our heart, if you're under conviction, that, that if, if God has identified something, that we can just call upon His name and be saved. God, I pray that you would help and you would have your way. And as we sing this song, Lord, I pray that maybe somebody would decide to follow you and be a doer instead of just a hearer. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing. Let's all stand. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided.
bow our heads as we continue to sing. This next verse is, is for the lost people in it and ask you a question. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now? Think about it. Look deep in front. Ask God to examine you. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back. No turning back. Father, we come to you one more time. Lord, thankful for your mercy, thankful for your word. And Lord, I just pray that the word would go out and that maybe a seed was planted this morning and I pray that it would be watered and you would give the increase. And God, I just pray that if anybody's lost, they would see the need to follow you, become a Christian so that they can spend eternity in heaven. God, I just pray that you would Help people to be doers and more than just hearers. You've called us. Lord, to, to follow you means to take action, to take up our cross and to follow you. God, I just pray that you would have your way in this church, in this congregation. And Lord, that you would, you would ha- just help us to be doers in the coming year. Lord, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.